Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Lori Jean joins us from Oregon today with songs and stories that will melt your heart. And Bruce Victor and Marla Fibish are back with a new album from Noctambule and some pretty interesting plans for next year. So stay tuned. This is going to be a great show today. Don't go away. This is Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here on Music Friday Live. And don't forget, this is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you. So call us, 347-215-7511, or email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And I want to say, in addition to our headliner today, we have a surprise guest. We have a surprise visit from Olivia Penalva. Olivia, are you there? Yeah, Hi. Hi, are you calling us from British Columbia? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Is it winter there yet? Um, yeah, it's been pretty cold right now. It's a bit better, but it is still freezing. All right. Well, the reason I asked is, of course, it's still in the, the 70s here in Los Angeles, and we're a little worried about that. But in, yeah. anyway, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can come down if it gets too cold. I understand. Oh, I wish. Yeah, right that you have a new song out for Christmas called Christmas for Two. Now, I haven't been give, I don't have a copy of it yet, so tell us about it. Um, it's a single. I wrote it about two years ago. I'm really proud of it, and it's definitely by far, like it has become one of my favorite Christmas songs to listen to, even though it's mine. It's just basically about, you know, you wanting that person on Christmas, and it's you and that person. And um, I wrote it down in L.A. with Andrew Allen and Robin Ghosh, and uh, it was really, really fun. It was the first um, writing session that I did, which had more than one person in it. I was with three, it was three of us. So it was super fun, and it was definitely a different experience. And, like, I, I, I love doing stuff like that now, and I'm just, I'm really proud of the song and where it's gone, so... Well, I'm I'm surprised to hear that you wrote it in L.A. because uh, from the video, the the video is uh, apparently you shot the video at a ski resort, and there's a whole bunch of you and your friends having a great time and throwing snowballs, and it just seems kind of interesting that all of that was able to to come out of you while you were sitting in the sunshine in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was definitely really weird. I went knowing we were gonna write a song. I didn't know yet yet if it was going to be a Christmas song but um, we when we got into it I just kind of got excited for Christmas even though it was really really weird that I was somewhere really hot and then when we filmed the video all I could be thinking of was when we wrote the song and when it was really warm because I it was so cold that day are are, are you um, uh, is that how you're going to spend your Christmas uh, in the snow with your friends throwing snowballs and making snow angels um, partially, but I'm actually going to go to Scotland this year to visit some family, so I'm really excited about that. Okay, well, they'll have snow there in yeah. Scotland, too. Well, since I mm-hmm. don't have a copy of it yet, how can people get copies of the song? Well, it is on iTunes, and I do have it on YouTube. You can check out the video. It's really cool. It's really wintry. It gets you, you know, in the Christmas spirit, and you can get it on Spotify and SoundCloud and all those things that people use nowadays. All the all the usual I mean, nowadays. Come on, <laughs> it's yeah. always nowadays for you. Um, all the usual places. Well, Olivia, thank you for calling us and thank you for letting us know about the the background uh, of uh, this wonderful Christmas song that you've written. And I wish you a very merry and a very musical Christmas. Oh, thank you. You too. Check out Christmas for Two by uh, check out the video by uh, Olivia Penalva on YouTube, and you can get your own copy on all the usual places. But you know, probably best at iTunes. Okay, we have to take a break now to welcome in our affiliates, and when we come back, Lori Jean joins us from Oregon. Don't go away. This you're listening to Music Friday Live.
Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. Hi, I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host here at Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates, particularly our our friends in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. If you have any questions or you have any comments uh, for our guests, call us, 347-215-7511, 347-215-7511, or... If you're sitting there at work and you've got your headphones on and you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint on your computer screen, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening to us on a podcast, you can also email us too. We will forward your email on to our guests. And if you want, we'll take your name off of it uh, and so they can reply back uh, through us and that way you don't get put on any um any mailing list that you don't want, or you can just leave it on there, you know, that, uh, whatever you prefer. Lori Jean's voice is not quite pop, and it's not quite ballad, and it's not quite country. It's, well, it's Lori Jean. Uh, as you listen to her songs and absorb the emotion embedded in the notes, whether it's with a single guitar or with synthesizers or a piano or even a band, it kind of grows on you. But what really grows on you are the stories she tells. Sometimes they're dark, sometimes they're bright and hopeful, but they're always deeply personal and impossible not to think about. Uh, and so there's a reason why Lori Jean is unique. Her story is a powerful one, and her music springs from that power. And she's here with us today to tell us about it. Lori Jean, welcome to Music Friday Live. Oh, Patrick, what an opening. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Lori Jean, um, now, you say in your blog that Lori Jean began in 2011. Uh, what did you mean by that? I actually began releasing in 2011. I was singing Come Away With Me uh, by Nora Jones. is the first song I started singing in 2010. And um, I had put that up at Jam Wave, and I, I didn't know how to upload things at Reverb, but um, when I really started releasing and I learned what an MP3 was in a wave and, and a little bit more of the music jargon, that's when I started putting songs up at iTunes. So at that point, you became Laurie Jean, uh, the, the, the singer. The... Yes. Okay. All right. Well, um, wh- who were you before Laurie Jean, the singer? Oh boy, that that take, that's a you know takes a long time. That's another show, but. Uh, basically, I was writing books. <laughs> I'm a okay. survivor of, uh, I had neurological damage to my head. I almost died from life-threatening seizures as a toddler and then more abuse to my head as a adult. And um, I always had music inside our home. My dad played the Beatles. My mom had music going on all the time. My first words were, my first full sentence was for my mom to play a record for me. And me and my brother and sister uh, played whatever instruments my dad got, whether it was just a play plastic piano, tom-toms, combs. But he made sure we had the record player and everything was always set up. So I always had music in my life. And when I found lyrics, which my sister helped me for that, I started flunking out of school. So I was already a little fragile in my head, and I really never um, – we didn't really talk about how that happened, which that comes out in Resurrect My Home more. But um, basically I was always fragile and always susceptible really to music coming to me to help heal me. But I didn't find it until the worst of the damage to my head as an adult when I was fighting for my life. Well, since you mentioned Resurrect uh, Our Home, uh, Resurrect My Home, I want to play a a little bit of that. This is a song I believe that you released this year, and it's going to give our listeners an idea of uh, the message. This is Resurrect My Home. Sexual selfish acts 
You really pull us into that story or nightmare, uh, I guess it is, right from the start yep. when you with lines, you broke our family, blamed our dad, your selfish sexual acts brought upon a sacred, uh, on a, upon a scared 14-year-old's mind. And then later on in the song, you talk about needles in an arm too small to find mm-hmm. a vein in. This is really difficult yep. stuff. But I want to ask yep. you about the music. Okay. The, the instrumentation. The instrumentation there is a drum line that feels like a lash falling on somebody's back. It conjures up images of people chained together, shuffling through a prison. <laughs> is that how it felt? Is, 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 did you write the music The music to yeah, tell it, the story as poignantly as the words? Yeah, act, it actually physically hurt for me to do this song, and I knew I had to pull something up from the, the gut wrench, wrenches. I did a song with Ned Euphoria called She Finds the Courts Herself, and I really didn't think I could, you know, get a song better than that, but I knew I had to. I had to do something on my own. He's already claimed in France, and I didn't have that. So this probably is the hardest song, other than Though I'm One Last, which I wrote for my daughter that I lost from Team DD, uh, Domestic Violence. Uh, this song really came from the gut wrenches of me watching my mom go through the horrors of teen molestation in our home of what it did to her and what was being done to me in the cellar with the needles in my arms because she was so frightened as an immigrant letting men into our house thinking she had to. Wow. Well, but there's hope in the song. and Or better, there's determination. You sing, you feel you have it all, all of you, but I will fly, I will resurrect my home. And, and you did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes. Can you tell us about how you resurrected your home? Well, I finally was strong enough. You know, when I was fighting for my life at the worst of the abuse to my head, uh, which I, I did suffer permanent neurological damage as an adult, finally, um, it's been going on about four years now. Um, I had to really, you have to walk through it all when you have things going on in your life. Um, I decided to do that, really. And I knew I was walking through death's door, but I didn't want to live the life that I was living in. I was so closed in, mundane, I felt controlled by horrible forces all the time. So I just kind of went through it all and, you know, let let my life go to the universe and um, whether or not I was going to survive. And like I said, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and trying to fight, you know, kind of crossing over because the head injury was so bad. Plus my back, my muscle was separated from my backbone and I had nerve damage on my back. But so when I went in, I just said, I know where this all started and I'm going to just get it into the song. And like you said, with the instruments, the whole the whole thing was the same. I said, you're going to have to give it your all, you know, between meditation, hypnosis, and then going back to school for music and finding it flowing through my head. You know, the bubbles started forming. I started healing. And I just, each day I'd get up, you know, there, I'd push myself that extra step, even if it hurt a little bit. And um, that's why the song, I think, is so powerful. So you went through physical therapy then, no, I did it myself. My doctor oh. told me what happened to me. I think the only thing they could have done is maybe put me in an induced induced coma, and which I wouldn't choose that. But, um, you know, once you suffer a head injury, I mean, you have to let nature take its course. I didn't go to the doctors till about six months after. When I was in a shelter, there was, there was really hardly any resources out there now. There was no room wow. where I was living, and the one I went to, I was actually sleeping on the ground of those places where women line up outside you know, for oh. various reasons that they're homeless until they finally could get me into a house. It was almost like a transitional one. So, um, you know, I did tell my story and they wrote it down. I showed them drawing pictures where I was hurt, but uh, I got no counseling, no medical assistance. I was called a liar by uh, CPS. And um, it, it was just really, really bad. It oh. was a bad situation. But I knew it was coming, you know, right when my turn was coming up because... I had ran for so long from it, but, wow. but that's why the song's so popular. And this did lead up to my teen domestic violence song, Though I'm One Less, which I didn't give to you because I just released it on iTunes. So my little girl well, I died said, from um, that. I said there's hope and determination in uh, Resurrect My Home. And, and a little later in this, uh, this program, I'm going to play a bit of Super Lady, but oh, which yeah. comes out next year. But love. right now, I, I want to play this one. This is Jesse's song. Oh, my little
in the chorus of Jesse's song, you sing, you show me how it is to feel love. You show me how it is to feel life. Can you tell us about Jesse and how Jesse lets you feel love and life and security? Yep. The first time I saw his brown eyes when he came out of me and I almost died having him, um, I knew what love was. And I know every parent knows what love is once they've had their child. But I had been just walking around in such a dead body from losing my daughter when I was 17 from teen domestic violence that I just I couldn't get past that. And he was the one who um, really showed me um, I mean, I just could push all that aside for him. I've, I've knocked down walls for this child. So, um, yeah, he just, I knew what love was right at that point, and I knew what the power to fight was really was the more important thing. We are talking with uh, Lori Jean, uh, her songs, her past, her, her, her story, her current work, um, and her album, Resurrect My Home, and her new songs due out next year. You can talk with uh, Lori Jean. You can call us at 347-215-7511, or you can email us, as many of you are, right, as many of you are, at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. So why don't we uh, turn to some of these emails here. Um, Linda R. in Los Angeles wants to know, how do audiences react to the song Resurrect My Home? Uh, actually, I was a little afraid of that one, but, you know, you have to really, you have to be um, determined or you have to have accepted within yourself that you're going to do this song. And once you do that, everything else around you can't matter. Um, sometimes, you know, in my songs, they wouldn't put them up at SoundCloud or YouTube in the past because of the lyrical content, which I don't feel I was offensive. Um, but believe it or not, this song has been very uh, well-received. I, I can't imagine why uh, something that you've written, any of the songs that you've written, would be considered by YouTube to be legally offensive or or, or offensive in any way, particularly if you look at some of the yeah. the uh, gangster rap <laughs> that's on. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, no, I, I just don't bit. get that at all. Um, uh, Maurice in Bakersfield, um, did your injury affect your musical ability or did music heal you? No, music definitely healed me. Um, it didn't affect me. It brought me back. And it, it, I had always had a creative edge that helped me through the entirety of what I had gone through in my life. So it definitely healed me. Uh, how, how does that work? How does, how does okay. healing feel from music? What goes on? Um, well, you know, I was actually dying, and so the meditations, the hypnosis that I forced upon myself, even through the whole night sleeping with it in my ear, is what started the bubbles flowing in my head. And um, when I when I started to take music, it took a while, but when I would hear the notes, they just it was so it would like um, how can I say invigorate my head, so I would start feeling more through my whole body, and it started in my upper chest. And I, it just excited me so much because I had always had so much excitement through music. So it, what it does is it starts to uh, put that energy through your body, which helps you heal and, and physically come alive everywhere else. Interesting. Uh, we've had uh, people on the uh, the show here who pointed out that music is also used as therapy with people who have Alzheimer's and that sometimes mm-hmm. that uh, that's the only thing they react to is music. So. Yep. There's a lot more power there than just selling things, okay? Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. Pilar in San Diego writes, um, I was abused as a teenager, and I still think about it and sometimes have nightmares. Good for her for moving on and building a career. Mm-hmm. Well, we all can. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you want me to answer to that? Yeah. Um, Roxy in New York City says, are there services that you recommend for abused teenagers? Um, do any of them use music for healing? You know, I think they should use more music. And I didn't wasn't going to bring this album up because I know this album is a little bit controversial, especially to CPS who gave me a hard time about my son when I left for a shelter. But I have something called Prisoner of My Life up at iTunes. And it's very, very healing to teenagers because I went through a lot of training and to learn how to bring myself back, and we don't give the kids enough expression. You need to express yourself. Find somebody to express yourself to. Uh, and then uh, Marble in uh, Tampa Bay once writes that um, from your song, I it sounds like you were beaten and sexually abused as a teenager. Is that correct? 
I wouldn't go so far to say sexually abused. I think being a woman, we have to kind of define where we're going to take that and the, the decisions we make, which is the song She Finds the Courts Herself, A Woman Finding Her Inner Woman, that I wrote with Ned, who's a man, who actually helped me come through all this. Um, it's really the, the decisions we make as to how we're going to make the choices as to how we're perceived as women is what it comes down to. And finally, uh, there are several emails here that ask this question, so I'll just read one from Susie Q here in Seattle. And Susie says, you mentioned uh, you played music as a child. Can you describe what you did? Were your brothers and sisters yeah. involved? Okay, well, my my sister said I sung, was it Celia or Cinnamon Girl? One of those two, the best. But I drove everyone crazy, always singing while we did the dishes, really having to sing loud. So I was really more kind of, uh, overtly into it, but um, yeah, we had my dad had an organ in the house. I took to that more than anyone. But we had a pink plastic piano. We had little tom toms. We um, all had our own forty-five record player. This was a long time ago, and so um, my sister was constantly buying forty-fives with her allowance, um, and she would share the music with us. She would be the lead singer, and me and my brother would be the backup vocals. So you are a real band. We were a band, yes. <laughs> did, did yes, you, did you ever, little things. Yeah, did, uh, you went to music school at some point, didn't you? I did when I was fighting for my life. Yeah, my son told me to get up off the couch and go do something because I, he, you know, was beside himself. I was lucky he didn't leave me, but um, I was just screaming all the time because I just it was frightening, you know, going over to the edge and everything else. But I went to school, yes, for about almost three years for music. I, I noticed that that you. Um, list your inspirations as including Stevie Nicks and Hart, uh, which are, of course, oh, yeah. three very powerful women. Um, mm-hmm. Is that what draws you to them and their music? Well, I grew up on more of the men out there, like uh, Aerosmith, The Who, uh, The Doors, and all those were playing always around, you know, uh, in our friends' houses with our older brothers and sisters. It was when I got older, you know, my teens and my 20s, that, you know, um, I really started relating to the females out there and Stevie Nicks and Hart and the Pretenders, they were all out there. And I love the fact that they created their own music. And I know how hard it is as a woman. It is as a woman to have to write your music and get out there. So um, I'm just so glad they were there that I had them to follow. And, of course, you probably noticed that it's getting a lot easier. In fact, there's no shortage yep. of women with guitars or drums or leading groups these days. Uh, and we have exciting. a lot of Yeah, it is. We have a lot of them here on, uh, on Music Friday. Uh, uh, now, you mentioned earlier that you, you collaborated with uh, Ned Euphoria, who's a French mm-hmm. artist. Now, how did that yeah. happen? He's very acclaimed. He's played on the radio out there. Um, he has um, work that, that's um, been uh, credited as being highly acclaimed in France. And I just had been searching through France because my Meme and Pepe were uh, great role models in my life. And um, it was through the time I was fighting for my life. And so at Reverb Nation, I searched for France, and he was the one that came up. And I looked at him, and I thought, gee, he looks nice, and listened to his music. And, you know, the first few seconds I liked him. So I thought, well, let me just see if he'll do something with me. And never in a million years expected him to say yes. Um, He's unbelievably talented. And within a few minutes, he wrote me right back and said, why not? And it took us a couple years. We got our first single released by my music label LJP Works um, at iTunes and Worldwide Digitally. She finds the chords herself. And we have another song coming out next year, which is a surprise, which we're going to actually sing together. Ned composed this first release, and I sang it and put the lyrics to it. Well, right now I would like to to play a a song that you actually mentioned earlier, She Finds the Chords Herself, which I believe is a a collaboration with him. So here is uh, She Finds the Chords Herself. My angel.
Now, you began the song with the lines, she feels the reason of freedom as her body makes its way out. She would have to finish the climax of the feelings in the chord, in that chord herself. And mm-hmm. you end with the lines, she can't perform in the same way. It will never fit into her life now. That sounds like a narrative arc, like a beginning and an end, an evolution of a character. So what's, what's going yeah, on she- there in that song? Uh, if I may correct you, she feels the release, and I apologize. I'm sure that was me. She feels the release of um, the freedom. And what well, what it is okay. is, um, yeah, I, I I tell the story and everything. I was a Ryder B. Cohen, and it actually went to a book, The Virtuous Woman, that I wrote. And what it means is after a woman has changed from these situations that happen in our life, and it happens in every woman's life, you know, nothing is the same, and we can't perform it in a particular situation, whether it's a marriage or a job or a career once once an experience has happened in our life. And, and we can't run away from that. We have to just face it straight on. We're not the same person anymore, really, is what it means. Well, I'm going to play, uh, we have time for, for one more song, and it's a song uh, that I mentioned earlier in the uh, this show, and it's a song I really like a lot. Now, here's, here's Super yeah. Lady. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking up the rules for you. Know what I'm gonna do? Still gotta pick up the kids and get those peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Come break the race with me. Come fly by so fast. Take me to that further. There are a lot of songs in, in, in that, uh, or a lot of lines in that song that I would love to ask you about, but the ones that kind of stand out are, are towards the end, and they say, the moon is talking to me. I think I saw a star for you. The frogs are creaking. Our chair is squeaking for you. And then you go into the chorus, I'm super lady. Are you super lady now? Oh, my God. I have to say so in my own right. Yep. I've gone as far as I could uh, to be my own super lady, yes. Well, I think you're super lady, and I think you, your music and your songwriting really proves yeah. it, and I am so happy Thank that you. you took the time to join us today and tell um, us your story. Me too. me too, Patrick. Thank you. Bless you so much for having me on today. Well, it was a joy. And, and now, t- tell, tell everybody where they can find your songs. Yes. Uh, you can go to L-O-R-I-J-E-A-N dot org and go into music and then I have some uh, new releases on the front page and you'll find iTunes, Spotify, just search Laura Jean. I'm the brunette, so there's one out there with blonde hair. But um yeah, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio, you can just listen to me on the radio okay. by um radio. And you've got a, a, a new uh, a new song coming out called Little Girls, isn't that right, on January 12th? Oh, Factory Fast. Thank you, yes. Uh, Factory Fast Records, who is a label that is releasing my second song, First Song Under Your Pillow, came out October 13th, and Little Girls is coming out January 12th, and you're going to like that. It's, it's kind of like a super lady. My mime inspired me, so I'm kind of a feisty little girl coming out and playing with the well. boys. and i want to let everybody know they can also they should also look for you on periscope and on stage it and on street jelly and that your music is is all like you said it's on spotify and shazam and google play and so uh check her out this is uh one wonderful lady with one powerful story and some beautiful music thank you again so much for joining us thank you bless you patrick have a good day everyone Whoops. <laughs> My producer's waving at me. The microphone accidentally got shut off. We have to take a break now. When we return, uh, Noctambule, don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. 
You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. I'm back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host here at Music Friday Live. And, of course, we would like to hear from you. You can call us, 347-215-7511, or you can email us. Lots of you have been emailing today, so you must all be cheating at work. Music Friday Live at gmail.com. I want to give you a little little word from our sponsor, Solar City. Uh, Solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners. But, you know, a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront cost. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out, they'll install a solar system on your home for free, and you only pay for the power you use, you know, just like from the utility company, except you use a whole lot less of it because the sun's making it for you. Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, it maintains the system. All you have to do is sit back and enjoy the savings. So, if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one, and I mean that, number one clean energy provider. In fact, you've probably seen their little green trucks around your neighborhood, so you know maybe one of them should stop at your house and put some solar panels on your roof. How do you make that happen? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to do that, so you're all ready for it. <clears throat> 909-618-6937. That's right. You call 909-618-6937. And if you tell them I sent you, Patrick sent you, Music Friday Live sent you, they'll give you a discount on your order. So that's 909-618-6937. Well, I'm so happy to have my friends Bruce Victor and Marla Feibish, who are known collectively as Noctambul, back on Music Friday Live for the third time. That's right. This time we're going to celebrate their second album, and we're going to talk about some very creative ideas for next year. As you know, if you've Heard the other interviews, Marla is a visual and musical artist, and Bruce, also her husband, is a world-class guitarist. And together they set poetry to song using Marla's long experience in Irish music, the mandolin, the accordion, and the voice, and of course Bruce's guitar shops, chops. When they were here in August, we learned about their new album, The Waking, which sets the words of many poets uh, to, to music, stunningly beautiful music, I might add. Well, today I want to give those of you who might have missed that show a little taste of the album and then dive into the minds of these two musicians who do something very unique and let you get an inkling of what's coming next. Bruce and Marla, welcome back again to Music Friday Live. Thank you, Patrick. Nice to be Thank here. Thank you, Patrick. Well, it is always first- a pleasure. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys and to see you, too. Uh, Now, let's talk about a little bit. Your first album was about night journeys, and your second album, The Waking, is about the vicissitudes of time. That's a word you don't hear on music shows very often, but there it is. (laughs) (laughs) But after all, you know, we've got poetry in here, too. So uh, uh, both of them are based on poetry, which is what Noctambule does. It sets classic poetry to music. Now, Bruce... Given your history, and I know your history, you're a folk and blues guitar player. And, and Marla, you know, you come from traditional Irish music. How did the idea of poetry kind of get squeezed in there? Well, um, I'll, I'll start on that answer to Please. that one. It's, um, probably, whew, probably close to 30 years ago, I uh, found myself in a used bookstore and looking at um, some poetry, uh, a couple of different poets at the time, Don West and uh, Robert Service, actually, that caught my eye at the time. And I was looking at some of these poems and they just looked like songs. So I, you know, why not? So I started toying with setting uh, some poems to music at that time and continued to do it on and off over, over the many years in between, but it was sort of uh, when Bruce and I started collaborating that he kind of rattled my cage and he said, what, what are you doing? You have all these 
great things and and nobody knows about it. He okay. kind of forced me out of closet and then we started okay. writing together, which was really fun for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I, I want to play um, one of those songs. In fact, this is the title song from your album, uh, The Waking, so people can hear what you're talking about. Now that's a poem by um, Theodore uh, Rotke, and it's 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 a villanelle. So before we talk about the song, perhaps you should explain what a villanelle is, and also whether or not I'm pronouncing it right. Um, sure, I you, believe you're pronouncing it You go it ahead right. on that one because, um, well, go, yeah, please, Marla. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a villanelle is a, is a type of poem, and Bruce pipe up if you like. Um, that uses a, a very particular form that has repeating lines. The first stanza and the last stanza um, establish two repeating lines as the, I, I think it's the second and fourth lines in those stanzas. And then it, the in-between stanzas alternate using one of those two lines. And um, so you get this repetition, but each with each stanza that goes by, you get a, uh, a new color or a new aspect of of the meaning of that line that's delivered. Oh. So okay. they're a lot of fun for setting to music because you yeah. you you have that built-in reputation that's so important in a musical setting. Well, I, I listen to the words. Oh, Bruce, you wanted to say something? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say it's, it's it's there's sort of a funny irony in there that it actually started out as kind of a ballad form and then it got sort of purloined by the poets. Uh, and then uh, now we're we're turning it back into to, to ballads, uh, and then uh, you know probably the cycle will repeat at some point. But at any rate, uh, please All go right. ahead. Okay. Well, I I listened to the words there, and I I wonder if the subject of the the lyrics is asleep and dreaming, not waking, because everything in it seems to be a paradox. So, so what's going on in there? Yep, that's the kind of guy Rutke was, actually, in some ways. Uh, and one of the reasons uh, 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 we, we you know, greatly admire him, as a matter of fact, the idea for, for putting this to music came from, um, we put an earlier, uh, we had put a, a different poem of Rutke's to music, and somebody came up to us at a house concert and said, you know, that's not my favorite Rutke poem. Um, you know, my favorite is The Waking, so... Um, you know, but basically, in some ways, the perpetual contradictions in there sort of lend itself almost, uh, you know, I think, lend itself to a kind of verbal counterpoint that uh, in some ways goes with the Villanelle form. Um, that's just one um, easily dispensable perspective, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. And of course, only at a house concert would somebody come up to you and say, "That's not my favorite uh, Rookie uh, poem." Yeah. Uh, but yes, all right. So you must go to you must have yeah. some very, very interesting house concerts. Well, um, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you, how is that re- received? How was that song received in, in your concerts? Other than people saying that's not my favorite song, do people come up to you afterwards and ask you about the contradictions within the lyrics? Um, sometimes, yes, yeah. Um, you know, when you're listening to something live and you're, if you're not already familiar with the poem, it can be a lot to process. And then, you know, there might be another five, six songs go by before you get a chance to, to talk about it. So, um, but for people who, especially, actually, I should say for people who are already familiar with the poem, 
they get very excited and want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I got to go to one of your house yeah. concerts. <laughs> it it sounds like a, a cross between uh, uh, a, a music and a, and a and a book club. Um, and a good <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. it, it, our house concerts are more like symposia, really, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. You know, much back and forth. Well, but, well um, I want to change... I want to change the music uh, or the mood here uh, a little bit. Now, this is uh, the Bastardo's Waltz, which I think is going to Now I, I know that um, the bastardo um, in in that song is actually a nickname that's assigned to you, Bruce, by a friend. Uh, however, that's another topic. Uh, what interests me here is that, despite the title, it doesn't seem to be a waltz. I, I don't hear a one two three one two three. I, am I looking too hard, or am I just not hearing it? Uh, you might be looking for a faster one two three. It's a little bit. Lugubrious, if you will. It's it's a da do do one and two and three and one and two and three and one. Does that? I don't know if you can hear me yeah. snapping my fingers on the one two three. But. Yeah, no, we can, and this is wonderful. We get a live performance here on Music Friday Live. I mean, <laughs> you want to keep that keep that going? So there really is a waltz in there. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah this, this is yeah, this is part of the dance repertoire, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then I, I think one thing that makes it a little confusing is that in the at the sort of end of the second part, we we go into sort of halftime instead of going one and two and three. It sort of goes one two three one two. It's the the underlying rhythm is the same, but the notes occur on half as many beats. You cut the tempo so it, in half. But but we have watched people waltz while we play this, and um, they can waltz just fine to us. Your, your your house concerts get better all the time. We have literary discussions, and <laughs> we have right. people That's right. with dancers. <laughs> right, but 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 you're dead in the water if you try to count it. It's much better to dance to without the counting. Absolutely. Hey, you, you you know the old saying that uh, you don't stop dancing because you get old. You get old because you stop dancing. So uh, I love that. Yeah, so we'll definitely yes. keep that in mind. We're talking with Bruce Victor and Marla Fivish, the duo known as Noctambule. We're having a lot of fun, and you can have a lot of fun talking to them, too. You can call in at 347-215-7511, or you can email us, as a lot of you already are, at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Now, I have more of your songs to play, but I really got want to get to um, a couple of these emails here. Summer in St. Louis. That's a, that sounds like a movie, Summer in St. Louis. Um, wants to know, do either of you actually write poetry? <laughs> I will speak for myself. Okay. Not. <laughs> I wish. I wish I could. Um, I, I see, I read so much, so many words that I, I wish I could have come up with, but I, I don't have that. Okay. Bruce, do you want to add anything to that? I used to. I used to write poetry uh, when I was young. Um, Why I uh, went into retirement in my late teens is a little beyond me, but but I'd like to at least think I carry the sensibility for it at least. But but no, but that's an interesting question. No one's asked us that before, actually. Okay, well, uh, Summer in St. Louis uh, asked you that question, right? Now, Ronald D. D in Austin wants to know, are there tricks to setting poetry to music? Hmm. (laughs) Um, Hmm. Shall I start on that? Yeah, yeah, because you might not get the same answer out of uh, out of both yeah. on this one. Uh, we've discovered that we we actually think differently about the process. So, um, and I I don't know if I would call it a trick, but in terms of my approach is typically where I come from a place where 
I'm I'm looking at the words and I'm looking and I'm thinking about the musical form. So I'm looking for sort of the um what might be a chorus or what might be a bridge. Not that every song has either a chorus or a bridge. Um but many do. And you know, a chorus would be sort of an overriding theme that has a a a simplicity simplistic way or not Simple way. That's really what I'm trying to say. Use a small word. Um, um, that lends itself to a repeated uh, event. And then a, a bridge might be something that comes at the same idea, but from a sideways perspective. Okay. Um, All right. Now, Bruce, what you, what, what's your answer to that question? Actually, first of all, I found myself agreeing with Marla in terms of how what? it's sort of, yeah. <laughs> That's always so. I, I, I'd be happy to say that again in case the incredulity <laughs> persists. Uh, the, um, uh, but uh, in terms of, of, of um, you know, certain things in the poem suggesting, you know, uh, um, a sort of powerful repetition or some sort of excursion, uh, you know, in a, in a bridge section. Um, of course, that doesn't really address how we address the main uh, uh, body uh, of the poem. And what's odd or what, uh, what seems odd to me is that there are certain poems that sort of suggest a kind of musical lyricism that will, you know, will start, uh, uh, you know, will start, um, you're one of us will start in some ways playing the music that the poem seems to suggest to us individually. Uh, but weirdly, it also goes the other way. Both of us will be captivated by some sort of riff or musical progression uh, in our heads. And then either we'll find a poem or somebody will shove a poem in front of us. And all of a sudden it, it, it kind of comes, comes together um, I, I actually, uh, you, you had mentioned that the warning was queued up at, at some point. That's that's kind of how that one got started, in fact, oh. uh, and how a few others of Marla's, uh, both Marla's and uh, mine, uh, have, oh. have gotten started. We'll play the warning in, in a minute or two. Um, we have one more email I want to get to before we, we take off another direction. Uh, and oh, this no worries. Is, uh, what? <laughs> okay. No, no, please keep uh, going. I... This is from Chucky in Tampa. And Chucky wants to know, you keep talking about house concerts. Where do we find out where your house concerts are? Are they at your house or somebody else's house? <laughs> uh-huh. Anybody who would like to have uh, music in their home can, can host a house concert. It's a wonderful experience for uh, hosts, for musicians, and for your friends. So you basically, if your living room holds... 20 people, you can squeeze in 20 or more, um, and you have 20 friends <laughs> that would trust you to say, if you said, come here, these people, I think they're wonderful, um, then voila, you're hosting a house concert. It's a wonderful, and it's a great experience for musicians because it's the intimacy and the interaction is um yeah may, may i yeah i quite agree please. with marla and and may i go one step further because i'm considerably more shameless um we love house <laughs> concerts we absolutely love house concerts we love the the interaction the back and forth the the uh you know the sense of in some ways a deeper connection between say ostensible performer and ostensible uh audience um that in some ways playing, you know, large venues, um, you know, really uh, doesn't uh, uh, quite afford. So, so um, there with that little bit of shamelessness. Um, well, I should, uh, uh, about, uh, huh? I should tell our, our audience that, uh, of course, you hosted house concerts at your house for five years. I, I helped you on that. Uh, and there is you a bet. national organization, actually an international organization called SOFAR, that sounds from a room, and you can just uh, log on uh, or go to Google and search for so far. There's, there, I'm sure there's one in Tampa. Uh, in fact, I'm, I know there's one in Tampa, and uh, I'm, uh, you can. There's also a, a network of about a thousand people across the country who put on house concerts. And uh, for any of you out there who want to do that, just Google house concerts, and maybe you can plug into that network. And before you know it, Bruce and Marla are going to be uh, playing uh, classical poetry in your living room. 
Now, I have two more two more songs to, to play, but first I want to take a little look, look at the future. You've just finished a tour, and I know you're thinking about your next album, and also you're thinking about another tour. So um, why don't you tell us about the, this Northwest tour that you're kind of kicking around in, in your minds? Great. Bruce, you want to you wanna start? Oh, well, let's see. Um, uh, I was hoping you'd do this one, but I but I'll give it a whack here. Because I think, uh, in some ways, the the connectedness of the other two musicians is is is, I think, originated with you in terms of getting both somebody from the mandolin community and the Irish community. Yeah. Uh, therefore, with that setup, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in April of next year, we're going to be doing a bunch of. Um, Concerts of various sorts, some house concerts and some venues, <coughs> pardon me, um, with two other musicians. The, one is another mandolin player named Tim Connell, brilliant mandolin player. And he and I met about uh, four years ago. Uh, we were both teaching at the Mandolin Symposium. I was teaching the Irish track. He was teaching the Brazilian Choro track. And um, we uh, hit it off. Uh, right away because he also plays Irish music and so we we found ourselves a little niche and and had a great old time and we've been trying to get together whenever we find ourselves in the same city to play music ever since he lives in Portland and he went to school uh, at Boston College and there he met a um, a fantastic dancer uh, by the name of Kieran Jordan uh, woman named Kieran. That's a, one of those names you're never sure. And um, she she is a step dancer, and she does step dancing from many cultures. She does um, uh, Canadian, uh, you know, Quebecois dancing. She does uh, Irish sh- uh, Chanos dancing, and Chanos in Irish means old style. So the uh, old style uh, dancing is very much like American flat foot clogging, um, and it's the Dancing from which, like, the river dance, uh, Irish step dancing, high-kicking kind of stuff comes from. That's an evolution of that same form of so old So you're playing a touring with them? Is that it? Yep. 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 We're doing a tour. with. So the four of us will be doing all kinds of interesting collaborations of uh, music and dance. So lots of strings, adding yet another mandolin player to our to our combo, and then uh, and having Kieran do some of her great dancing, too. That I I love that idea. I hope I have an opportunity to uh, to be in one of your audiences on that one. Um, now I've been I've been threatening to play some more of your music, and uh, I'm going to play uh, a warning, which you've mentioned a couple of times. So let's go. Here's warning. the idea that 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 song um, talks about how the passage of time gives you permission to indulge in your fantasies and have fun. I think I think that the song challenges the idea of what's proper and puts it in a whole different context. But Bruce, I also hear some blues riffs in there. Just just couldn't resist the temptation, could you? Nope, I really couldn't. Yes, my you know. Marla's from the you know, background of traditional Irish music, and uh, now here it is. Uh, say publicly, yes, my background is you know blues, Motown. I'm from Detroit. I didn't yeah. hear much interesting Caucasian music till the Beatles, frankly, and and uh, <laughs> that uh, is and that will out, you know, <laughs> in any musical context. Well, I'm so glad right. it. Did. Now, I'm going to play another song now, which is very apt because we're just about out of time, and this is called Out of Time. I 
Marla, I know this is one of yours. Uh, very quickly, can you tell us uh, the story behind the title on this one and behind the, the song? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's in the form of a slow air, which is an Irish a tr- traditional Irish form. Um, and I uh, named it for my father, who had uh, passed away mm-hmm. around the time that I wrote it. So he, okay. so you know, he ran, he out, of ran out of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. we are now officially out of time, and I want to uh, thank you so much for, for spending the time with us today. This has been a delight. I wish we had more time. I could do a whole show with you, too. That would be fun. Oh, we'd, we'd love it. We'll try to work on the brevity thing, but I can't promise results. <laughs> so, but thank you so Never much. For that. Right. Now, we're going to follow your website and find out about that dancing tour, and do let us know when you... Uh, when you bring out a new album, I know you're thinking of different themes, birth and death and, and um, John Brown's body and that kind of stuff. So please let us know. And uh, uh, Bruce Victor and Marla Feibish, Noctambule, I want to thank you again for being with us. This has been so much fun. So much fun for us. Thank for, you. And for us. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you. You can follow Noctambule at www.noctambulemusic.com. You should get your copy of Waking at CD Baby. In fact, you should get your copy of both of their albums at at CD Baby. Christmas is coming up, and these will be great. uh, Just wrapped very nicely with little ribbons around them, so right underneath the tree. They're both available at CD Baby. If uh, those of you who were asking about um, house concerts, you can uh, go to their website. There's a place where you can contact them and let them know if you've got the the living room full of friends who are just dying to hear a poetry set to music because it's a lot of fun. So so get in touch with them if you have a a living room that needs a a house concert. Uh, And also check out So Far, too, while you're there. Now, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feed, we'll get a real-time update on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. Thank you so much, Angeline, for all the great stuff you do for us. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com. And, yes, the podcasts are available on iTunes. So if you missed the earlier two uh, interviews with uh, Bruce and Marley, go to iTunes and look them up. Friday.com. Now, next Friday, you should be here next Friday. Our guest is going to be Aode. Remember Aode? Well, she's going to be back here with a storybook album. This one was nominated for an HMMA award. That's um, Hollywood Music and Media Award. And we also have a new artist, Sheldon Butler. He's the happiest man I have ever seen on stage. He and his he and his band just I saw them recently at the the Room 5 Lounge in Hollywood. Wow, did they keep everybody up on their feet and two-stepping and real literally two-stepping in the back of the room. And it was a crowded room too. It was standing room only. So you're going to love listening to to Sheldon Butler and talking to him. So check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page and we will update you on our guests. I'm going to say uh, goodbye. We're, we're going to leave you with a little bit of uh, warning, but um, good night, everyone, and have a great musical weekend. Hi there.